if you're, you know, talking badly about your partner, um, it, it really is quite um, humiliating to your partner. It's very disrespectful. Um, it's going to make them feel terrible. Um, it, it's just not a good thing. It's right. just not a good thing. So if there's a criticism that you have, the criticism should be done privately um, and presented in a whole different way. This week, we discussed the Bragg test, which can very quickly indicate if your relationship is on the right path. Dr. Karen Sherman explains. Stay tuned. Hey, can you feel it? The power coursing through your veins. Underneath the lights. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, you, Steve. Hello. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is also the author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information more at her website, drkarensherman.com. Um, we today, Karen, are going to talk about the Bragg test. Um, mm-hmm. I saw an article in uh, Psychology Today. And um, the authors were basically talking about how you can tell if your relationship is on essentially the, the right path or the wrong path based on the Bragg test. Um, mm-hmm. Bragging is something that we've talked about on the show before, um, but the Bragg test basically goes like this. When you're talking about your partner in front of other people, friends, work colleagues, family members, do you most often complain, criticize, or insult them? Or do you mostly brag about them, praise them, praise their accomplishments, their best qualities and strengths? Um, so you either fall in one of those two categories. My mm-hmm. question to you is, why is it so important to discuss your partner in positive as opposed to negative language, even done in perhaps an attemptingly joking manner, or even if it's true, I guess? Well... We know, as we have spoken about before, that it is so important to appreciate your partner, to be respectful of your partner, and um, I know we're going to get into it in a little bit, but to be positive about your partner. And so um, it really goes a very long way as far as letting your partner know that you have these feelings. Now, the interesting thing about doing it to friends, other family members, colleagues, whatever, is that it almost carries a little bit more weight because you're talking about them, about your partner. Um, You have, you know, no ulterior motive, but you're basically saying like, you know, I was really impressed that um, my mate such made such a great meal the other day, or they've really been helping me around the house, or you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
And then that way, um, they're getting the kudos and you're spreading the wealth. You're like, you know, as you say, the brag test, you're bragging about them. So that makes them feel really, really good. Um, and I'm going to talk about the negative in just a moment for the next question. Um, what I was not sure about in the way you phrased the question just now is the concept of in a joking manner. I don't know if you meant if you criticize even in a joking manner or if you meant if you brag even in a joking manner. Sorry, if you, I have if, you, if you criticize in a joking manner. So there's not like malicious intent behind it. It's just mm-hmm. that the words themselves are not flattering words. You're gonna. It, it's going to depend, Steve, because um, you know, talk to do with um, what you're communicating, and if it is truly something that you do not mean any negativity by it, and it's just that you're bantering a little bit, and your tone is totally joke, you know, a joke, then um, I don't know that it's necessarily totally a bad thing to, um, you know, poke a little fun at, at your mate. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to say is that sometimes when people are complimenting their mate to others, mm-hmm. they do that in a joking manner. Right. And that's not going to come across really well. As a matter of fact, it can really disrespectful. So you could say something like, oh, my wife is the best cook. You know, she really just does such a great job. And again, listen to the tone. And so I think we have to take into consideration not only the words, but the tone and, you know, the context in which things are being said, um, because it's the whole package that's going to get the the message across. Right. So sarcastic compliments don't weigh the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, yes. And, you know, the other thing that uh, as you were talking, I was thinking about the fact that, I mean, you brought up the context matters. Um, I would assume the recipients, the people you're saying these things in front of matter as well, in as much as if these are people that you're really close to and you hang around all the time and they hear you brag about your spouse all the time or, Mm -hmm. um, have know that the respect is there and, you know, one night out you, you, you throw a joke in there. It's not going to land with the same kind of negative weight that if it was like every time you get around a couple, all you hear is how they hate each other's guts. That's a different story. Yes, that is correct. Um, Um, so it's not it's not just a simple. I think you know we have to be a little bit more um, complete in the way we answer this question. Uh, though I do think that basically the general idea is that if you knock your partner, it's not a good thing, especially because it's humiliating. Right. So that's the other piece of it. If you're you know talking badly about your partner, um, it, it really is quite um, humiliating to your partner. It's very disrespectful. Um, It's going to make them feel terrible. Um, It's just not a good thing. It's just not a good thing. So if there's a criticism that you have, the criticism should be done privately um, and presented in a whole different way. 
Right. And I was just going to say, with like that kind of the the private criticism is also a sign of respect. And we know how important respect Mm -hmm. is within relationships. Yeah. Um, And and lastly, to your point about it's it's not just the words, we're not robots. And so um, it's not like Mm -hmm. there's just this formula that you can plug in positive words and then all of a sudden things are fine. So, right. Um, which go, gets into um, the famous ratio, positive mm-hmm. to negative ratio, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, five positive statements to offset uh, one negative statement. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess what I, what I want to get at is some tips about how you can talk positively or even brag about your spouse with also without sounding obnoxious about it, where people are like, "Oh my God, get over it!" All right, we get it. It's, your your spouse is great. So how can, how can couples do that? Okay, before I answer that question, I want to first explain people who may not have listened to our podcast before about the five to one ratio. The the real purpose of explaining that is not so much that well, you said something lousy lousy to your partner, so now make up for it by doing five five positive things, saying five positive things. It's really to show the impact of how a negative statement, um, how much meaning it has. So the idea that you could have said five positive things to your mate, and then you say one negative thing, and it's as if you never even said the five positive, that is the power of the negative. Negatives have much more of an impact than the positive does. And as you know, Steve, there's research that says that it could really be 20 to one. In other words, you could say 20 wonderful things and one negative is going to erase those 20. Okay. So it's not like, okay, you said one bad thing. And so, okay, now just say five and you'll, you're off the hook. Um, but as far as the, um, sounding obnoxious, again, If we look at that five to one ratio, they're not saying five to one in front of people. They're saying in the context of your relationship. And I think that if you're constantly bragging about your mate, it is going to sound obnoxious. Um, And so I wouldn't go around saying, oh, my mate this and my mate that, my partner is good at this. I, I think it's just that, you know, in a breezy way or offhandedly say, you know, I was just, I, I have to share with you because it was just so impressive or I, I just felt so good the other day. And you throw that in, you know, periodically, um, that that's going to really sound fantastic to your partner and not so annoying to your friends. But the truth is, if you're constantly bragging, whether it be about your mate, about your kids, about yourself, Nobody's going to want to hang around with you because it's going to be obnoxious. Yeah. I think uh, for me, it's the unsolicited request of mm-hmm. the the thought. Um, yeah. Be- because I find, for me personally, I find it easiest when people ask, like, how are you guys doing? What's going on in your life? And then that opens the door to offer positive praise. But if you just, like, mm-hmm. hijack a conversation and then just start getting into – 
how amazing uh, you are or and your spouse is, then that that does become obnoxious, I think. Yeah. Now, you know, that being said, I don't know that if you're out to dinner, you remember those days when you used to go out to dinner with couples? <laughs> oh, those are the days. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, I don't think another couple would look at you and say, so how are you doing? That's more in a therapist's office. But I think that, you know, you could be telling stories about, you know, oh, we, you know, um, we we had this new uh, meal the other night or we were um, uh, at a restaurant and we had this great uh, new dish and then the other one per- the other yeah as a matter of fact um, Susan actually tried to cook that at home and I was surprised it, it came out great it was you know she really outdid herself mm-hmm. so it's a matter of sort of plugging it into the conversation that's going on, not, as you said, just bringing it up out of nowhere. Uh, but I don't think it's necessarily going to be in the response to say, how are you couples doing? Because I don't think couples talk like that to each other, at least not my friends. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. Um, okay. You. <laughs> so you brought up the fact, like just how powerful negative language is. Mm-hmm. Can mm-hmm. you explain why it holds so much power? I think, to be honest with you, it has physical. Um, I'm sorry. What was that? Rootings. I'm sorry. You, um, you cut out just a second. What was that? It has. It has some. Hold it. Can you hear me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It has some biological rootings. Mm. Um, it's a protective device. Um, it's almost like the amygdala in our brain is wired to look for danger and to respond very quickly if there's a dangerous situation. Well, in the same way, if you hear something negative, it puts you on alert um, and you store it, so to speak, um, to be aware of it for future. Mm. So I think that that's where some of the underpinnings are. The other thing is it just feels lousy. Right. <laughs> I mean, does it release hear stress hormones somebody and stuff too? put you down. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I was just so, asking. Uh, I was, sorry, I was just asking. Does it release stress hormones as part of that defense mechanism? I think so. I think so. And you know, for those of us who have had childhoods that um, were not the best, and where we've been criticized or whatever, it's also going to trigger those kinds of feelings. So um, it's really very. Um, it really has a, a lot of um, implications uh, that can be far-reaching and, and consequences that can really um, hang with somebody if, if uh, to them. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we also know that when people start feeling attacked in that way, that they shut down and stop listening as well, mm-hmm. which also mm-hmm. I think – uh, amplifies the issue because if you tried to <laughs> make up what you were trying to say, it, it becomes a little bit more difficult because they're, they're just not able to hear you at that point if it really stung. Yes. Yes. You're right. You're absolutely right about that. Um, and so with all this being said, um, whether you're using positive or negative language, how might this impact your social circle? Um, well, that there's an expression, which by the way, they've actually done a study on, and it turns out it's true that misery 
loves company. Mm-hmm. So if you start um, speaking negatively or being critical, um, first of all, it's going to bring that out in other people. Um, and it may actually encourage that when you get together, that's the kind of stuff that you do. So it's going to bring out more of it. Um, and you know, I really believe that a lot of what happens to any of us in our life is based on the kind of energy we give out. And so if we a negative, critical person, that's the kind of people we're going to draw more into our life. Um, and so to me, um, it just lays the groundwork for the people that you have in your social circle, for it continuing and growing, mm-hmm. um, and for you then having you know, a negative impact on other people as well. Right. It, uh, the negative commentary begets more negative commentary. And as we've talked about in the past as well, let's just say that you are not the person who started it. Let's say that you are the person who is being influenced by it. Mm -hmm. It becomes really difficult to turn that off once you're back into a private setting because you've ramped up this negativity, uh, mentally and it's Mm -hmm. it's really hard to flip that switch. Um, yeah. And the negativity is so dangerous because not only what we just discussed, but let's just go back to the couple. It's very, very hard for, okay, let's say that the woman says something really negative. It's really hard for the male to look at her and say, oh, wow, if you said something really horrible like that, you, you know, something must really be bothering you, sweetie. They're going to react. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. it goes back to my old notion of action reaction. Okay. Right. So he's going to react badly. He's going to respond. I mean, it's a normal thing. And now she responds back to that. Right. Uh, Runs back to her reaction. And so it just spirals. It just gets worse and worse and worse and disconnects them more and more and more. And they're not communicating well. And it really just ramps up to a point that it becomes, it can become very destructive. Maybe not necessarily where there's physical abuse, but where they're certainly disconnected. They're not understanding each other and, you know, they're not, um, you know, not really available to each other from an emotional point of view. Right. Right. It, it, uh, like there's momentum in relationships in that way. Mm -hmm. And I think people can feel that when like Valentine's day comes around and you have a very nice Valentine's day, you feel good about the relationship the day after and the day after that Mm -hmm. before, you know, the rest of life starts, you know, then you get into your normal patterns and habits. Um, and the thing about the getting back to the social circle really quick is we know that when you start using whatever language it is, um, that becomes acceptable. Like you are essentially providing an acceptance for that language to be used uh, in the future because it has been introduced into the conversation and accepted by everybody in it. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't always have to be that way though. And um, we've seen this on, I will just say, we've seen this on a national political scale (laughs) where uh, negative language has um, caught like a brush fire Uh, Mm -hmm. and I have personally been in private, uh, conversations with friends, um, and acquaintances where somebody has, uh, 
spoken negatively about their spouse, looking for others to jump into the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I, in a very awkward situation, I've said like, oh, that's, I'm sorry to hear that. Like, I don't feel that way about my spouse. Mm-hmm. And it shut, like the fun thing is, is it shuts down. I mean, not fun, but it shuts down the conversation at least in the direction that it's heading because nobody else mm-hmm. wants to go and say anything after that. Um, and hopefully uh, the person who made the statement reassesses what they said. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, I try not to do it in a, a like a put down type of a manner. Uh, yeah. I do try to do it jokingly so that it, I try to make it as uh, less awkward as possible, at least awkward as possible. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I let them know that like, that's, that's not acceptable in this circle with me in it at least. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it, so I guess what I'm trying to say is the, the listeners, um, have power to change the dynamics of their social circle if they're not comfortable with it. And that, I'm not trying to say you need to change friends, but you can help steer the conversation in a more positive direction if you choose to. Yes. Yes. Good point. Very good point. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to add about the brag test or the topic today? Um, there was one point in, not in the questions you asked, but um, when I read this study, that they said that if you had certain um, things that you were upset about with your mate, you should not be talking to a friend about it. You should be talking to your mate. And when I read that, I thought to myself, I don't know if I agree with that a hundred percent. There are times where it's not such a huge deal, but you just need to air it. Um, and if you, every little thing that bothers you about your mate, um, to, to your mate, um, I think that can be mm. dangerous also. Right. Um, and, and as I said, some things you just sort of, you know, need to get off your chest. And if you have a good friend who, you know, gets it, um, and it isn't going to go any further and it isn't going to, you know, build up and start a whole big to do, um, and also if your mate is very sensitive and, you know, mm. um, they're going to have a bad reaction to it. So as I said, when I read that part of the study, I thought I didn't know if I agreed with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, so was the only other thing that caught my eye. Yeah, no, that is a really great point. We've actually talked about this in the past. Um, but the thing, the thing that I love about that, and this goes back to what we said at the beginning of this episode, which is the context matters. So Mm. if you have that friend who you have regular ongoing conversations and you share your relationship information with on an ongoing basis, they would have a more complete understanding of your relationship to know Mm -hmm. that this negative thing that you're getting off your chest isn't reflective of the entirety of the marriage itself. Uh, moreover, you can, that person could be a sounding board for how you might approach a delicate subject to your point. If your spouse is somebody who is extra sensitive about, you know, perhaps taking criticism or instruction or whatever it is that you're dealing with. So, um, I, I'm actually in agreement 
not actually, I am in agreement with you about this, that I think it is good for people to have other outlets. And so that the relationship, you know, we, we talk about the importance of villages all the time with like parenting and everything else. The relationship, Mm -hmm. I don't feel is any different than that. Um, not that everybody needs to know every intimate detail, but it would be beneficial to not carry the entire weight of it on your own shoulders or your spouses to your point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was great, Karen, as usual. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. (laughs) Uh, we will wrap this one up. Uh, so I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, uh, a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. You can get more information at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can also find this information on our website, hitchedmag.com. You can find the entire archive of the podcast. You can also check out the thousands of articles that we have available for you there. And we have a free weekly newsletter that goes out each Monday uh, that gives you a quick rundown of all the latest stories that we have published. So hopefully you check that out. It takes about 30 seconds to sign up. Okay, that's going to do it this week. Until next time, take care, everybody.